Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Okay. Awesome. So let's dive in. Why are you here? Get connected to purpose, clarity and focus, alignment. To heal, to reset my nervous system, that's cool. Implement? Okay, great. So here's what we think. Okay, we think perhaps you want more time. Who wants more time to do what's most important to them? You guys in the back? You guys are good on time? Just curious. You good? Oh, you're good. Congratulations. Okay, great. Awesome. Who wants more money? Let me see if I show hands. All right, money follows purpose. And who wants more freedom? Let me see if I show hands. Okay. So the other thing is we see people really want more impact. Who wants to make more of an impact out there, even if you already are doing that? Who wants to have more purpose in life? Obviously, that's the title of the workshop, right? But also, who said it? Clarity. Who wants clarity? Yes. What the f***, Mastin, do I do? Okay. I got you. And finally, also, who wants to get started? Who's ready to get started? All right. What about create momentum? Let me see my show of hands. Most importantly, who wants to never f- go back? Yeah. Okay. You are in the right room, okay? It is nice to meet you. You have arrived at Hogwarts, okay? Welcome home. So look around. These are your f- people. And by the way, this is not Slytherin. This is Gryffindor, bitches, okay? <laughs> okay? This is Gryffindor. These are your people. If you're used to meeting people who are not your people, that ended the second you walked in this door, okay? Because these are people, not because it's a cult, because you guys have the same values, Whatever we're putting out into the world, the messages that we're putting out there, you resonated with that on a values level, and the people around you did too. So this can become a new tribe for you who follows. Does that make sense? Okay, awesome. So let's start from the very beginning. I need to know what stage of purpose you're in. So just kind of see here. Don't raise your hand just yet. I'm going to give you these different stages. First one is, I don't know what my life's purpose is or if I have one. I thought I knew what it was, but then I lost it. I know what it is, but I'm not living it. I'm living it, but I'm not thriving. Or I'm living it and I'm thriving in it. So just for a second, think about where you are right now. And have you always been there? Or has it been different before? It's shifted. It's been growing. But today, where are you? So who's at number one? Let me see if I show hands. Okay, cool. Number two, number three, number four, number five. Nice. I'm between four and five. Closer to four or five? Closer to four or five at work and at home. So, sure, sure, I understand. Okay, so you can see around the room that there's a lot of people at different stages here, and I have to talk to all of you and unite the room around common definitions and stuff like that, okay? Now, no matter what stage you're at, one of the things people are always debating is when should I start? Well, okay. You say that now. (laughs) But let's talk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When is the right time to start? After I'm clear. No. 
No, not after I'm clear. We'll talk about why in a second, for sure. The right time to start was yesterday, so we'll settle for win. Now, you need to become a pre-crastinator, okay? And the, <laughs> the, the archetypal pre-crastinator is the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland who's late for an important date. Okay, well, I gotta fucking do this shit, right? That's how I, I'm, I've been that way since I was born. I don't know why. Okay, but I like to do shit now. I don't have a sense of the future, like I'll do it in six months. That has never been how I've been. But after working with so many clients, there's this debate about when the right time to start is. I'm gonna show you the graph, all right? So here's your birth, and here's your death. Where do you start? Here's what I think people believe. You tell me. So I was too young back in the day. And in the recent past, I was too old. And today, it's too late. Who thinks that may have been how you thought before you walked in here even? Let me see if I show hands. It's too late. Does anyone feel like it's too late? It's okay if you are. It's a good thing to admit. Who here feels like it's almost too late? Who here does not want to admit they feel any of those ways because when you admit that it's too late, it's embarrassing? Anybody? I'm just curious. <laughs> okay. So, so this is how most people think is that it's too late. That's too late. Okay. Now, here's what actually is true. This is the actual truth. Okay. Birth and death. Okay. Now, so still good. Also good. Also good. Also good. Even here, good. But when you die, it's too late. Who here is dead? I don't think anyone has died. You're dead? How did you raise your hand, right? <laughs> we have a zombie in the room. Yes, a zombie, right? Is it too late, ladies and gentlemen? No, look left and right and go, it's not too late. All right, so let's do this, all right? Now, I want to start with this. Do you know what to do, but you're not actually doing it? We've talked about it a little bit. Who here has read the books, taken the courses, done the thing, da-da, da-da, and I'm still not doing it? Let me see if I show hands. Okay, awesome. So let's talk about that. What part of you is most responsible for you actually taking action? The adult part, functional, brain, some part of my brain. Very good. Yes, your nervous system. It's your nervous system. Okay, it's not your muscles, it's not your bones, it's your nervous system. And yes, your brain is a part of it, it's actually not the most of it though. The majority of your nervous system is here down. It's here down. So I know, why is it so I don't know. By the way, if you ever, don't do this right now, but if you ever Google the nervous system and all you saw was the nervous system, like extracted from the human body, it looks really nervous. <laughs> but it looks nervous because the, there's nothing around the eyes, it looks like it's going like this. Or something like it's really, it just looks kind of nervous, right? It does. <laughs> okay. So we want to understand that understanding alone keeps you stuck. If all you're seeking is mentalization, understanding, that's why you're stuck. We want to get to embodiment, meaning the actual shift in your body. Who follows? Okay. Understanding here does not lead to new action. Okay. In neuroscience, that means cortical, which is a mental concept that you understand in the prefrontal cortex. I'll show you a graph in a second is where understanding exists. Shifts, actual, and behavior are subcortical, meaning limbic system down into the body. Because when you feel it different in your body, you do it different. Who follows? Is it, is it, you guys with me on this? Okay, very important. The other way you can think about it is, in nervous system terms, inflexible nervous system versus a flexible nervous system. 
You might have a flexible fascia. You may have flexible hamstrings. You may be able to do lotus pose or whatever. Cool, awesome, right? But if you don't have nervous system flexibility, you get stuck in emotional states and you can't get out. Who follows, right? And so we'll talk about that more in, like right now, okay? So here's, this is the brain now. This is not the entire nervous system, okay? And this is not exactly accurate. It's just the best one I could find, okay? So here's a great quote. Brains are wired through hands-on interaction with the physical world. No amount of study will get you there. No amount of understanding will get you there. You can't think yourself into a meal. No, okay, I see broccoli, kale. <laughs> All my macros are there. Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm full. That's not how it works, right? You actually got to eat, right? So we want to get the actual shift. So in the cortical brain, we have executive function. We have critical thinking. We have creativity, problem solving. And also, the prefrontal cortex in the cortical brain comes on later in development, okay? Which is why when you have a child... They can't think through things because they don't have the machinery yet, okay? We're born with subcortical stuff, which is emotional, reactive, and younger, and subconscious. So when you get into your reactive self, you're back in those default patterns, is it cortical or subcortical? So you guys are getting so smart. It's awesome. It's so good, okay? I'll, you'll be like at your therapist later or something. Yeah, well, that's a very subcortical response. They're like, what'd you say? <laughs> right? So cortical brain is thinking things through, executive function. And here's the thing. When you get triggered, emotional stuck emotionally, what happens to the cortical executive functions and all the important stuff? Goes completely offline. So in many ways, this is not a judgment, it's just true, scared is stupid. And what I mean by that is you're not stupid, but you're behaving in a way that's not smart because you're not using the part of your brain that's actually smart. You're in response. Who follows? Right? So part of our goal is to get that executive function back online but the other thing is, is that to do that, we have to have a subcortical shift. So what comes first, cortical or subcortical? Subcortical comes first. You got to have a body shift before you can actually get it online, okay? And like everything in trauma healing and everything, executive function, therapy, all that stuff, the goal is to get the, the cortical mind here. I can think things through. I can see more options. I can be optimistic and pragmatic at the same time. I can have an emotional response and go, hey, that's my history, not my present moment. Let me make a different shift. But you cannot do that by yourself. That's not how this works. We'll get into that, okay? So what creates the inflexible nervous system then? That's right. What type of trauma though? There's lots of types. That's right. Emotional trauma. Emotional trauma creates an inflexible nervous system. Now, let me ground this in symptoms that you might understand. Okay? Because sometimes people do not understand what trauma is at a, at, a large, at, a, at a large level. And I realized this during the whole Kavanaugh, Dr. Ford thing. You guys remember that? Like about a year ago? Right? Like, like people were like, don't believe her. She's lying. It's like, whoa, that's not how traumatic memory works. Like in traumatic memory, you remember the trauma very clearly. It's like lodged in the hippocampus. But you don't remember before and after. It's gone. And they asked her questions about before and after to discredit her, and then people believed it. And I was like, how the f*** do you believe it? That's not how trauma works. So what I realized was, okay, cool, that's an injustice, and it's bad, there's all the kinds of politics, but it's also ignorance of what trauma is. Because the trauma-informed conversations is bubbling up, but it's not mainstream yet. Part of my intention is to make this shit mainstream. Very important, very important. Okay? 
So let's talk about it. Here are some symptoms, okay? Anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, shame, anger, fear, hypervigilance or perfectionism, procrastination or the inability to achieve goals, lack of empathy or bullying, impaired capacity for self-protection, self-doubt or imposter syndrome, feeling worthless or defective, self-harm, suicidal ideation, lack of trust or reciprocity in relationships, ADD or chronic disorganization, oppositional defiance disorder, bipolar disorder, dissociative and personality disorders, <laughs> Essentially, the entire DSM, except for a couple, except for a couple, there's a couple actual medical things in there. But in general, the D, what is the DSM? The Diagnostics and Statistics Manual for Mental Health Disorders, Volume 5, okay? The DSM, which is what clinicians use to diagnose you with different disorders, okay, is simply a list of all the different ways the human nervous system can become dysregulated based on emotional trauma and their history. Almost every one of them. Almost every, there's a couple. Okay, now, what is the purpose of the DSM and those diagnoses? What's the purpose of it? There's only one purpose. Not just insurance. And so the clinician can get paid by insurance. So the DSM exists as an economic agenda for the healthcare system. It does not give a fuck about you. And here's the thing. Don't go to the butcher to try to be a vegan. Don't do that shit. Don't you understand you're killing the animals? No, I'm a butcher. This is what I can do, right? If you want to be a vegan, go to the kale field, okay? Not the butcher. Go to the vegetable aisle, okay? Don't go to the meat aisle because is the supermarket going to get rid of a meat aisle because of your philosophies around veganism? No, right? So is the mental health community, which is not bad, but is it going to get rid of the DSM because we say that it's not what it's supposed to be? No, it has a purpose. That's what it's for. It's for the medical model to be able to have practitioners to make money. That's what it's for. Cool. It's just not accurate. It's not trauma-informed. And part of my job is to help clinicians make money in a different way, so they don't have to do that shit. Right? That's very important, because I believe everything in the DSM, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, it's not disorder, it's a trauma response. It should be PTSR, post-traumatic stress response, dissociative identity response, depressive response. And by the way, treatment-resistant depression, that's not your fault, that's the treatment's fault. Everyone's nervous system has an appropriate response to what's happening. So if someone's treatment resistant, it means the treatment sucks. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. Who follows? Oh my God, you're suffering from treatment resistant depression. Actually, do you think as a clinician, maybe you're just a bitch and I don't like you? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Right? I don't know. Because here's the thing. I'll tell you what's true, okay? Look, I'm not against clinicians. The system needs to shift. The system needs to shift. What creates transformation in practitioner-client relationships is the amount of safety between the client and the practitioner. Is it treatment-resistant or is it an appropriate response not feeling safe? Probably that, for the, the, for the second one. Who follows? This makes sense? So start to think about where, where, what, what symptoms do you have? You, they're in the workbook, so if you want to check them out, and you can see how long have they been there. And maybe you over-pathologize yourself, because here's the thing. That's right. We'll get to that. That's correct. Yes. So here's the thing, okay? The diagnoses based on symptom clusters are accurate. Here's a cluster of symptoms. What's not accurate is where the f*** they come from. Because medication may or may not work long term. May or may not. It may save a life in the short term. But here's the thing. If you had a traumatic sexual encounter as a child, no amount of Zoloft is going to undo that. You got to heal the nervous system. Who follows? Right? So we have to have a complete shift towards that. And I can't wait around for all the evidence to take 20 or 
30 years to come to you. I'm just pushing it forward, uncredentialed, but fully disclosed about what I have and don't have. Okay? That's my goal. So start to think about where are you here? Okay? And Poor just said this. Uh, he wrote Polyvagal Theory. This is one of my favorite things ever. Okay? There's no such thing as a bad response. These are adaptive responses. Procrastination, perfectionism, overthinking, not completing things, stress, anxiety, depression are adaptations that your nervous system has brilliantly made because of what happened to you. And you may not remember what happened to you, but your nervous system does. Who follows? See, there's two types of memory. There's implicit and explicit memory. What the f- does that mean, Mastin? Implicit memory very simply states, it's the stuff that you don't know you know. It's like, I just feel anxious and I don't know why. I feel sad, I don't know why. That's, there's an implicit memory in there. Something happened in your history that's causing you to have a response now that you just don't know what it is. Explicit memory is, oh, that's what happened. You get clear about that. And one of the most important things we can do is to make what's implicit, meaning not known to us, but it's in there, explicit, meaning we know what it is. That's a huge deal because as a child, we don't have the skill sets to use words sometimes, to get our needs met sometimes. And so we just repeat the same wound over and over and over and over again. And we don't know. And it sounds like uh, my picker's broken in relationships. The thing was, what if you don't remember? You do remember. It's just what part of you does and what part of you is not letting your conscious mind remember. Because dissociation is not knowing what you know. That's what being dissociated means. I don't know what I know. I'm pushing it away. And that's a survival response. Who follows? Does this make sense? So the cool thing about neuroscience is it helps us de-shame and depathologize what we've been told about what we think may or may not be wrong with us. Because nothing is wrong with you. You have brilliantly coped. You made it. And that shit is over. Now we have to let your nervous system in. Who follows? Okay? Very important. Okay? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world and I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it if you got value from this episode and from this podcast. We very much appreciate it and uh, thank you so much for hearing me out and if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify and we'll see you in the next episode.